Oh, what's that sound? It's a new season of Mancers! Mancers Season 2! Wow! This feels incredible! Welcome to Mancers! Oh yeah, the real dirty and nerdy are back here with us again on Mancers! 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 Oh, hey, we made it. Hello and hi to all you hussies and hefties. Welcome to Mancers, the toxic podcast for a better tomorrow brought to you by two toxic machismos and one person we promise who actually gives a shit. And who are we individually? Allow me to introduce you. She's wanted in six different countries around the world for breaking and entering your hearts. (laughs) And she's also here to restore you all one fanny pack at a time. Her name is Miss CTG. (laughs) He knows Spanish fluently, except not the kind that will prevent you from getting kidnapped and drugged in the DR. However, (laughs) he's still here to tell the tale, which means he's not a pussy. Despite how much I disagree, his name is Iz. (laughs) I ain't never been no pussy. You feel me? (laughs) Cannot fault you for that. You're no soy pussy. <laughs> oh my god! And for myself, well, I'm DSGB, and if you don't know, you better ask someone. Cause Miss CTG and I are proud UG alumni. We just won the motherfucking championship against Bama. That's right, dogs on top, baby. Georgia just won its first national woo, championship since 1980, and we're here. So get used to it. Woo, 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 woo. And you can call me B and the hell with the whole time fuck fucking a right welcome to mancers we did it kirby i just wanted to be known i did say on this podcast a few short months ago i claimed a world series for the braves and a national championship for georgia so you did you want to crown me now is the appropriate time he's a man of predicting the futures were you watching the game live in real time Oh yes, yeah. In real Can time. we just talk about the moment we knew we 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 won that bitch? Yeah, yeah. The, the, what was, was the moment for six? you? It was pick six. See, because when it was six. when we were up and it was twenty six eighteen, I was like, okay, now Saban can pull out a trick. He might could still win it. But every Georgia fan is used to that last minute disappointment. Exactly. And that exactly. But when we had the pick six, I was like, oh, it's Steal over. It's Steal over. A right. minute 54 left. We just we're, we're up two touchdowns now. You can't say sh- I literally screamed for like five minutes straight. Five. It wouldn't have been enough if it was just a pick alone. Mm-hmm. Like Kirby had wanted to Kirby was what yelling on the sideline for him to get down. But <laughs> if it had been. An interception alone, Georgia would still have the heartache of like, oh my gosh, there's still yeah. going to be enough time for them to come down. Yeah. We're not going to, you know, yeah. Georgia's just traumatized. We're speaking through our trauma. We're yeah. witnessing football through our trauma. And like We've the seen pick the six sealed the deal. I mean, my I mean. personal favorite moment was the drive prior. Mm-hmm. And we were feeding Zeus and we were feeding James Cook. Mm-hmm. And there was that one run where it looked like a five-yard run, and all of a sudden the entire O-line just rushed up behind Zeus 
and just pushed them another five yards over right. the, over the first and down with the mark. Belly flop with the with the yeah. big boy belly flopped at the end. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like right after that that I think Brock went ahead and scored that next touchdown. But like that that was the key moment to me when I was like, these boys are not giving up. This you know, is ours, I, and we'll just do it. I actually had that feeling when we were up one point. When it was 19-18, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, shit. They want this. Oh, I was yeah. like, These, I was in that moment, I was so proud. I was like, even if we don't end up winning this game, they came to play today. They sure did. Georgia, Georgia is good for a choke, okay? Is good for a second-half choke. And these boys, they said, no, 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 we, we want it. this. And we were not only fighting Bama, we were fighting those refs too, man. Like those refs, oh, yeah. like oh, listen, yeah. if if it if it had gone the other way, we can all agree that the the signature mark of when it would have like officially turned the tide's favor, it was that bullshit forward pass progress fumble out of bounds bullshit where they literally okay. gave Bama the ball. Okay, at the but let me tell you, because I watched I rewatched it last night again. Yeah. And because it was on DVR, so, you know, Um, and in the second watching emotions out of it, it was the right call because it was a fumble because I saw you could see what happened was Stetson was going to throw. If they had tried to make it intentional grounding, they would have been wrong as fuck. It was definitely a fumble because the ball, he lost control of the ball when he got hit. And so as he was about to throw it, it kind of like you could see it wobble and you could see the boy caught it on what he was in. His foot was I agree with both of those things. However, had the refs not given Bryce Young that same call, but gave it to him as an incomplete pass. That is where I'm like, okay, these refs are literally giving them everything. And the amount of like close downfield calls that our, our defensive backs actually batted down passes. Yeah. I was sure that the refs were going to fl- throw a flag on us for a PI or something like that. Even though they were all clean plays, we were yeah. getting some really whack like hands to the there face. There was and- one PI that they called that was, I didn't think was right. I don't remember who it was, but I was like, um, I just. Oh, we fought. We fought. Baby, when I tell you, I'm actually really, I'm probably going to go to the parade on Saturday. Good. In Athens. I'm not even going to hold you. Everybody should. Everybody who's down there should. Praise be. Like yeah. double mask up if you need to or something. Yeah. I um it's just Go get a booster mm. shot or just, you know, it's kiss just, somebody with COVID and motherfuckers say get a booster shot. Get a booster you know? shot. <laughs> you know, whatever you gotta do. I mean it's gonna be crazy. Uh, it's just like I almost wanted to drive to Athens uh Tuesday, Monday night. Literally. I was like, What time is it? <laughs> If I had a car, I would drive to Georgia what right time? now. What, what time is it? Let me uh, let me let, let me slide Once out. Be no Anyways, that's that's our fun. The CTG and I are I'm so proud, proud Georgia alum. In. Where we met, yeah. you know, where we became friends, yeah. and we had witnessed many a tragedy and many a heartbreak Ooh. in those football Ooh. seasons. But we have the championship Ooh. to take home today. So that's that's okay. where we are. Before is, we close this out, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make this a sports pod for just five minutes longer. Yeah. What do you think this means for the Georgia football legacy moving forward? The program. Let me not say legacy. The program. Oh, well, for me, I easily see like two or three more of these this decade. In, I think the 2020s. This, okay, okay. I think I think the state of Georgia has the momentum right now 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, when we saw the Hawks go to the Eastern Conference Finals last season out of nowhere, then like out of nowhere. No, let me start back a little bit earlier than that because Atlanta United won a championship for Atlanta. Right. Uh huh. That was like two, three years ago. Then the Hawks made their push. The Braves won the World Series, and you don't understand if you're not a sports fan. They were like one of the worst teams in the league before they started that playoff run and then won the World Series and beat the greats such as the Dodgers and the Astros, the cheating-ass Astros. Georgia survived COVID and still did this. Like Last season was a very weird season with all the COVID regulations and like Mm -hmm. six, seven games or something like that for some teams and whatever Mm -hmm. for not. Um, Or I guess maybe last season was still a regular season. No, 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 no. 2020. Yeah, we just finished the 2021 season. So 2020 was like, we don't know if we're going to have a football season. Like the Big Ten, I think, had like six games or something like that. And it was just, it was weird. But I think, I think the Georgia legacy is moving forward. I see recruiting is better, Mm -hmm. even though it's already at a great. I think we seal the deal with a lot of more recruits. And I see that we could have two or three more titles under Kirby for sure. This decade, this decade, it feels it feels possible now for sure. Like in a way yeah. that, like whatever Kirby did to 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 turn those boys around. I mean, you have to admit, like the the team this entire season, with the exception of the SEC championship, like they it was a perfect they dominated. Season. Like they perfect did season. very well. Eighty three points allowed in twelve regular season games. It was, that, a, and that's was never happened in the Georgia in front of. We've never notch. gone full undefeated in the regular season before right. I knew then it was going to be something special. We dropped the SEC championship, big whoop. Yeah. There wasn't I think a lot we on the needed line. to lose that in order to win this. We play better I with a chip on our shoulder and as the underdog, Georgia always has. Sure. Whatever the case is, I think we needed to get the Bama jitters out. Yeah. Because we are good for a choke with Bama. And, yeah. and um, I think they got it off their chest in the first game and they came back. Like they knew what time it was. Well, it's, now it's we are board. one and one against Bama <laughs> in the national championship game. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, he put himself on mute. He started checking his emails. You know what I'm saying? I did. I did. You know what it is? I was letting, I was letting y'all live in y'all moment. You Thank know, you. Appreciate it. We're, you, you we're new money. You deserve, to enjoy the, you deserve to enjoy the moment. I mean, I'm not from Georgia. I did live down there for a little bit of time when I was a child. So it has a special place in my heart, but not like it does to you all. So enjoy the fucking moment. Live this shit. Well, let me extend the olive branch to you, Israel. And I just want to say <laughs> congratulations. Joe Judge is out of there. The Giants are I mean, free from the Gettleman and Joe Judge era. So we are thinking of you, you as well. This? The healing may I can finally wear the Saquon. Giants jersey oh, yeah. outside. I mean, you big BX so in the building, Mr. What's Saquon Barkley. Uh, uh, we were fucking trash. <laughs> it's yeah. just terrible. I mean, I don't want to embarrassing, man. I don't like want to incite any Giants fans because I'm not an anti-Giant fan. I'm a Falcons fan, but I love the Giants because they've given me home here, and it's better than rooting for the Jets. But they've posted like five back-to-back just losing seasons. They're, they've Yo. been in a rut. They've gone through three or four different head coaches since Tom Coughlin. Uh, and this one made them look even worse than the previous. So and he's gone. These motherfuckers. He's gone. The GM is gone too. That's a huge part of it. Gettleman's out of there. Yeah. Everything was four fun. and what are they? Four and fucking thirteen? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you have a record that bad? 
Well, they're not the worst. What? The no, Jaguars. Jacksonville is by and large yeah, the, the worst. And, uh, <laughs> the Jaguars. The Lions are right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're not the worst, but like when you're when that's your team, you feel like the worst no matter what. Like fuck, who cares about Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're we were so bad at, and what makes it even worse is that Dallas is doing so well. The Cowboys? And I hate the Cowboys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys, especially because Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator, and I don't believe he should get a second chance or anywhere close to a Super Bowl. I Yeah. I wish him pain. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Because, like, that's the other thing that we haven't broken off is that 28-3 to abysmal Super Bowl thing. But um, that's a different story for a different day. So congrats to Giants fans. We don't even Giants acknowledge fans. that. Right. Because Georgia just won a championship. So. Exactly. Yeah. Why do we, Why do we even need to be back in the past? I don't think we do. Also, before we go any further, quick shout out to you, B Ty, because you know, Happy Founders Day. Oh, for you and your <laughs> brothers. I was say Happy Father's Day. I was like, <laughs> nah, nah, like Founders announcement, Day. breaking to news. You, to you and your bros. Thank you. Happy Thank you. One hundred and eight years, buddy. Shout out to all my sigmas. You know, and all my sorrows out there, it was 8 to 5 beta. We see y'all as well. You've got your Founders Day coming up as well. But what's all the name my of y'all's walk? Go what, the Sigma walk? Is there another one? The crazy uh, leg or something? The what? I don't know. I used to know it, though. I was friends with some Sigmas from Georgia Southern, and they had taught me <laughs> the walk. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was so fun to do. Privately. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> privately. Uh, privately. Privately. Um, it's okay. Yeah. So happy Founders Day, Beton. Thank you. Thank you very much. Shout out to the three founders. Shout out to my brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Everywhere. Yes. And the, the UGA ones. Well, yeah, Zeta Nu is always in one my of heart. my best friends is uh uh Zeta Nu. Yeah. Zoo Nasty, as we're known. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, Several years I- running as best tailgate MVPs <laughs> at homecoming. <laughs> that Sigma chicken lives forever. Although uh, we can't compete with Jaroski, but he's he is a food you god. You already know I was coming with it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh? I, I, I knew I wasn't going to give you a chance to even <laughs> trump me with that. Anyways, quick question for you guys. Being that we are now 12, well, by the time this comes out, 13, but a healthy two weeks into the new year. What? No, before we get there, before we get there, we had holidays recently. What was the most toxic thing you experienced through your holiday break? Fucking COVID. COVID. (laughs) Oh, a twofer. (laughs) That shit, fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Hit the day after Christmas. Let me just go ahead. You got it the day after Christmas. No, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Christmas was Saturday. I was in the bed Monday. Mm -hmm. It fucked you up. Not like how a lot of other people have had it, like very severe, but enough that I was out for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, I'm asymptomatic, so I didn't know I had it. Mm. Like I, I didn't feel anything. I, you had a shot, right? You had a you had a vaccine shot. You had at least one. I've been, yeah, I've had, I've had. I'm completely vaccinated. Okay, so you had you had two, and you were asymptomatic. But you know, when people got to like the second one, it's like, yo, it put me on my ass. Like, yeah, it didn't. I got the second shot, and I was like, oh, okay. You got the placebo. Something because it didn't feel like well, it didn't feel like anything. And then when I got 
when I got COVID, eh, it's fucked up. You know, I wear my mask everywhere. I, I you know, for anybody that has concerns, I wear my mask everywhere just because I believe in keeping everybody else safe. I think we have to do our part to help out the entirety of the world. And if your part is just when you're in public, not getting anybody else sick, then that's your part. So I wear my shit. So it was surprising when I got it. And I also just didn't know. I was like, <laughs> took the test, shit said positive. I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I waited what a couple hours. Just to even get tested? I have rapid tests in my house because I'm a gangster. Yeah. They don't were out test of stock here stuff. in Georgia. Got one right here. Yeah, I mean, but still, like, what made you be like, yeah, let me go ahead and just take this real quick? Uh, somebody else in my house was sick. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, do it. So I took tests, and then that, the worst I got was like, I, I couldn't sleep. I was like staying up through the night and then just being fatigued through the day. But it wasn't even like heavy fatigue. It was just like, man, I didn't sleep last night, and I'm tired now. I could take a nap. Right. Um, but outside of that, sounds I, I like would a symptom be- to me. It is. It is, right? Fatigue is a symptom. <laughs> She's saying you're not asymptomatic. You've experienced a symptom. <laughs> yeah, but if that was the only symptom, I guess, and I'm still asymptomatic. Because <laughs> motherfuckers was talking about, yo, that sh- they, they couldn't get out of bed. They couldn't move. They couldn't do all the stuff. I was like, yep, I could do all of that, right? Yeah. I just, uh, I was a little tired during the day. It's <laughs> a little sleepy. Just a little MSC, sleepy. MSCTG, what was your experience with the Cove? I mean, honestly, a lot of it felt very similar to the flu for me, you know? I mean, except that when in the past, I haven't gotten the flu in literal years. Never had but that either. it was the cough that threw me off, you know? Mm. I was like, what is that? And then, the, um, you know, so it was like, of course, I, I was in the bed, very tired, easily winded. Not, well, winded, I feel like was different. So, you know when you have the flu and it's like you get up and you move and you do something and then you're like, Oh shit, that was too much energy. Let me go sit down. So I had that. But then on the second week it started affecting my asthma. And so it was like, there was one night where I, um, I literally felt like I was having a panic attack because I couldn't catch my breath and I was sitting on the bed. I wasn't doing anything. And so that, that was a little concerning. Um, but the, like I'm grateful because it could have been a lot worse. You know, it could have turned into pneumonia. Could have done it, all of that stuff. So you know, I'm like, cool. I'll take a little flu with some muscle ache and some breathing issues for a moment, and we back in the game, baby. Now I just got some slight congestion left over. We're working through that, but I'm up. I can move. I can Oof. leave the house, and I'm grateful because I couldn't do shit, man, for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't I haven't caught it yet, and I'm beginning to feel left out now. I'm beginning to have f- FOMOVID because Shut I feel like everybody's had it but me, <laughs> and now so, I feel like a loser. I was in the same boat, but mostly because of work, where I was like, yo, everybody get this shit like eight times. These motherfuckers are getting paid to be home. Uh, I'm not a dickhead, so I don't. I'm not gonna like, and I don't even think that it's all that. Like, it's not that crazy to lie about it to get a couple of days off. Like, and if the systems is there, but I just didn't do it, and I was like, yo, it's been like two years, and I even get, I haven't even sneezed twice yet. What the fuck, right? Man. I also felt that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the which way? FOMO, not the FOMO of it, but like I was just like, damn, I done made it two years through this pandemic. Cool. Right. Like, no I issue. was thinking I was immune. To an extent, like, yo, it's got to be, I got to be immune because I work 
in a public space, I mean, I'm seeing hundreds of people a day. And for the most part, these motherfuckers don't care about it. Like, no. the, the people that I'm around don't give a shit about us. In the, in the lightest. Like, you got, hey, would you mind putting your mask up? What the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I called, called B-Town <laughs> on one day. I was like, this motherfucker, man. <laughs> yeah, my man, can you put your mask up? Yo, why are you bothering me? Who, what? Bothering you? Why'd you choose to walk in here? Right. You made a choice. Knowing that you had to put a mask on to get in here, and then you decided you're going to take your mask off and talk about I'm bothering you by asking you to put it on. And that's why I feel like <clears throat> I don't trust any customer I see because I already know whether you are you have the vaccine shot, you're anti-vax, or whatever. I feel like if you have COVID, you probably won't even self-quarantine and you'll probably still come be in my face whether we have masks on or not. And I'm still in jeopardy. Yeah. Because like there's no barrier to the outside world. And like, man, I know that uh, this pandemic is doing things to our economy, yada, yada. But I do not like feeling like a frontline worker for things so unnecessary right now right. as our retail non-essential job. like you could make an argument that the stuff that we sell i'm not gonna say provide but what we sell is essential but my guy there's nothing that you can't get at our store that you can't buy online mm-hmm. and have it delivered to you safely at the luxury of your own home which you're probably there so all that bs about like i'm not home when it comes to deliveries you are home. You've been home for two years. Okay? Let's not fucking act. Like, you're, you're <laughs> out there saving the world, working in hospitals and stuff like that. For anybody who is, God bless y'all, and I appreciate y'all doing everything you can, but... Respect you. Man, it's like... He's lying, motherfuckers. <sighs> and there'd be, the be certain ones that got a little bit more guts to them. They'd be like, they'll go through a whole conversation with you and be like, yeah, man, I just, I just found out I got COVID. The fuck are you talking to me for then, man? <laughs> hey, man, get away from me! What's wrong with positive. you? <laughs> a false positive. This whole world's a false positive. I thought mine was because that shit said pregnant immediately. Immediately after, as soon as I put the test, I took the, t- the test out my nose. Cold. It's like, right? <laughs> Pull that shit out. <laughs> you have to do that because you have to clear yourself out after you do it because that should be in your, in your nasal passages. As soon as oh. I put it in the liquid and close it, the shit said pregnant. I was like, "There's no way." Damn. I need you to stop saying pregnant. <laughs> it uses say it uses the symbols for pregnant, not pregnant. So that's what it is. All right. And it said pregnant, and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." I'm gonna have to talk to somebody. Who the daddy? And the baby. <laughs> I just watched Life the other day. <laughs> life, and the baby. Life, life. <laughs> No, you can't sing R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Is that R. Kelly? That's Jace, K, uh, Casey and JoJo. Yeah, you're right. My bad. Life, life. I used to sing that shit in foster care. Never my foster mother used to take us to McDonald's. She was such a bitch. I hated her. Damn. Damn. Like, I'd be in the backseat. Like, life, life. I don't know why I equated that with, like, happiness at McDonald's. <laughs> but she would take us to go get McDonald's. I would sing that shit. Man, rest time. in peace, Bernie Mac. Yeah. That dude was funny, man. Life is on Netflix, in case anybody's wondering. Bet. Wasn't. 
I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at myself right now. For everybody that doesn't know, we actually record like we can see ourselves while we're recording the podcast. And I keep the chemistry really alive. thin in my face, and I think I've lost a lot of weight due to this COVID stuff. Oh yeah, is that another symptom? Rapid weight loss. Because if it is, then it will solve a lot of our problems. I mean, I definitely know I lost like two inches on my waist. <laughs> like with COVID. Mm. COVID snatched your shit. Yeah, hello. I was like, okay, man. <laughs> Have you tried the other strains? <laughs> Get you a sampler. Cool with my you know I mean? <laughs> and just uh, new summer. Here comes no, summer no, I'm, CTG. I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, I'll just. What did you have? JetBlue or you had Amarion? I think I had the Amarion. <laughs> I think I had Amarion. Um, not JetBlue. You guys have just heard of the new one. That goes running. Flurona, or, oh, Flurona, Deltacron yeah. and Flurona. Baby, they just they. Let me. Anyways, don't even get me started. Not me. Osmosis Jones is running through my body like, bruh, 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 bitch. Oh, Osmosis Jones held me down. Flurona and Deltacron definitely sound like they are like the Dollar Tree version of coronavirus. Like, yeah, we're not the real thing, but like we're close enough, and you don't have the budget for the wait, real thing. Wait till five years from now when you see that that shit is the the most popular name. Florona. Florona. Oh my god! I will punch you maybe in the face if you name it Florona. It's not a horrible name. It's it don't sound horrible. No, no, don't give it. It's a horrible name. Don't fuck it. Okay. Like he gives you like the the vibe. See, you know, you're the person that no, other people say. You know what? She's right. Right. You don't say that. It is a horrible You're name. Empowering the wrong people. You're, it's definitely empowering. The, it's not a horrible name. Yes, it is. Like Florona. I mean, like it has a nice ring to it as a name. If but you not name as, Florona, not Florona as I will come over to your house and I will punch oh, your baby me. in the face. Let me tell you, it won't be me. I'm just, I just, you know, I, just, I, I want people. Punch people both of the parents, considering all their options in know? the procreations, because you are never allowed to have child again because you can't even be trusted with naming it. Ladasha. This is a safe space, y'all. You, you do Remember what you want. Like, oh my god, Ladasha. Ladasha. <laughs> I heard a story about these students. Supposedly, it was in Athens, and they were named after the Jello, lemon Jello, and orange Jello. It was Lamangelo and Orangelo, literally. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, nothing surprises me. That's how you spell Ladasha. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I remember. Uh-huh. People were like, oh, it's La Ah. And she was you like, gotta uh-uh, you gotta La pronounce Dasha. the dash. <laughs> it's La Dash. What's that LSU receiver? You know, what, what, uh, what the spelling is is L A hyphen A. Yeah, the coldest. The coldest, the coldest to ever do ever? it? No, oh, no. His first name so is the, the coldest. Yeah. His what? name is he's a football player. What? His name yeah, is the coldest. Did he make it to the NFL? He's on he's the verge. Make it. It, oh, yeah. he's in college? The name is to draw awareness. The skill set has to do the rest. But yeah, once you have a name like the coldest and you go play D1 at LSU, What's your chances last are. Name, please? I got to Google this shit real quick. As far as I know, it's to Happy ever Jackson. do it. No, that, the coldest Crawford has got to be it. Did you look it up? The coldest yes. Jackson. No, the it coldest says, Jackson is the coldest. Joe. It's to ever do it, Crawford. Meet LSU's next yeah. superstar. Oh, yeah. it is the coldest Crawford. Yeah, that's that a is whack last name. So terrible. Go all in or don't go at all. The funniest shit ever. <laughs> you remember that Dave Chappelle special when he's talking about um, what was that white woman who said that she identifies as black? 
Rachel, Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal. Or yeah. as she's now known as, let me find his like, actual like, name. He's like, you didn't even pick a black Zinga name. Zinga or if something. He was really like serious. That. You would have picked the blackest name. Well, if you no, would have picked the blackest name in America. Be, Draymond Green. Rachel Dolezal is now known as Inkichi Amare Diallo. Okay. She's crossed all the way over. Why did she go all the way to? Why'd she go all African? Like, why'd she go that far? Because she's insane. My name's Bita. What's wild, though, I watched her documentary a few years ago. She is not insane. It's just like she just... Hates her identity? Something. It's like there's there's (laughs) something that just... There's a disconnect somewhere in the identity side of things. But, like, she's a very smart lady. Very talented artist. I mean, like... All like I think if she had never gotten caught, she might have turned around and done some really great things. She might have. Would you say she's articulate? Yeah. Oh boy. That's what I'm saying. Such a jerk. Oh man. Such a jerk. Yeah. You know how racist you describe her as articulate? Now she Man. Sorry, Nkichi. All I'm saying is that. I think it's unfortunate the that the work up. that she was doing has been, it was completely halted because she was actually trying to do some shit in like the civil rights whole movement. I, I, I'm, thing with where that. I'm with that, but just why do I'm you have to... I'm not excusing any of her bullshit. No, I know you're not. I'm, I'm not attacking saying, you. Yeah. I just, CTG, I'm, I'm just attacking you. I feel attacked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, it's just Rachel Dolezal make people like me look stupid by default because we're all in the same fight and we're both coming from the same side but once she has identity issues i had to wrestle with people putting those identity issues on me growing up which is why i've been so firmly the way who i am you will never see me code switch you will never see so all i need is a good tan all you need is a good tan and then you just you know tighten your your mustache up because that hair gives it away uh, get you a good <laughs> tan a cover up cover up the redness that comes up from your Caucasian skin. And... Just get you just get you a little bit of jaundice. Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody oh would know. Look at this look at this black man. Look at oh this high yellow light. High yellow black <laughs> man. <laughs> Randy, our 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 mutual friend from uh talking BS just calls me light skin all day. And uh like he's trying to bag you? No. Wow. Hey, yo, light skin. Trying to bag you. <laughs> he no. just, how's I mean, he say it? It does kind of give just, that energy. Does he, he just, how's he say it all day? Does he like, What's up, light skin? Like, <laughs> oh no. That's trying to bag you. Me, like, like, low key, that's how they try know. to holler. I'm not gonna lie. He's trying no, to bag he's not you. trying to holler. Y'all y'all gonna make Randy explode if he hears that. I don't know just, Randy, so I don't give a fuck. He daps you up, licks his lips, and say, "What's up, light skin?" My name is Amare Uncocho <laughs> Diallo, and I am Johnston. brother to Dolazol. <laughs> Anyways, up, let's change school? topics. Uh, this has know. gone How bad. We get to Let's... Rachel Dolazol. What were we even talking about? You brought her up. That was me. False. That was oh. that's false. It was me. And you know what's fucked up? I don't remember why. <laughs> I have no idea why and how we got here. But surprise, I love it. Surprise. Ah, we missed you guys. I think this is why we're here. Just fucking missed each other. And so talking <laughs> is just happening. Can I ask I'm a follow-up question before we transition? 
Oh, sure. Is talking BS still happening? Okay. Is talking so anyway, BS so still happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I clipped that. Oh. I told them I clipped it. And there it is. You heard okay. it here first. It's, it's, it's listen, was, exclusive. We, we weren't gonna. We we weren't doing anything. I was like, this ain't going. Like we haven't been doing anything. This shit keep charging my card. <laughs> Let's go ahead and cut that off. Oh yeah. That's but it, you know, they still my. I talk to them every single day. Fantastic. It's just ask not them about when they want to come be a guest on your new. We probably Kadeem. should. We Kadeem. should have a talking BS. Kadeem is the only one, is the only one that wants to do it. Kadeem is. Kadeem no, we wants can to do get it. Randy. We can get Randy. We could try. Fuck Randy. Uh-huh. Egghead ass bitch. Gus would be funny. Twenty twenty two. I think we need to have some guests. I think Miss CCG needs to meet Angus. I think so the one too. Who hates black it's women? a it's a yeah. riveting experience. I think you need to just have a conversation with him. Yeah. So I don't think we need to bring them all on at the same time. So no. get the one who is available and ready now and get let him one. create the FOMO for the rest of them to bring their asses on. And then we'll have Megapod. Choo, 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 choo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Anyways, thank you for allowing me to go down that road for a moment. Just is your first today? Am I okay? Yeah, I just decided. It happens. So I have a question. Uh, You know, New Year, new us. Just thinking about things. Mm. In the idea, in the in the mindset of like fixing and creating positive energy in our relationships, are we willing to go to couples therapy? Like, let's us three that are here now and mm-hmm. i think just do you think people as a whole are, are really that willing to go to a couples therapy first answer yes second answer no okay you personally are you would be willing to go no. absolutely because i think that there's value sometimes in having a mediator when you can't um when when you're not able to communicate effectively with your partner um, or to uh, explain or, you know, just somebody to help kind of diffuse high charge, high emotionally charged situations, you know, because it's like you can have all the tools and skills in the world, but sometimes you need some outside support if something is just like really, really um, important to you or, you know, um, impactful in a way that you feel like your partner isn't able to understand. It might just help to have somebody outside of you create a fresh perspective. So, yeah, that's mm. my first answer. Be Todd, what you got to say? So, yes, I think that naturally the three of us are willing to go to couples therapy. Uh, but that's also why we kind of started this podcast was because we are introspective by nature and willing to kind of look into issues and we're also we think healing is a great and powerful thing is everybody no um i only think people should though if they're in the right space to do it i don't think couples therapy is for everybody like some people are just in toxic relationships where you are going to couples therapy because you want it to work but sometimes two people can just be wrongly together and for the wrong reasons and going to therapy may not be the solution for that. Maybe you two getting the hell away from each other is. But you know what though? 
I don't think that the requirement for couples therapy is that you want the relationship to work. Because I think that it could also, I mean, not work, but like work out to where we're going to stay together. But it could be able, it could create a space for you to be able to end it in a way that is not less, it's less damaging to each other. You know what I mean? It's like maybe the therapist just helps you talk things out in a way that you can see mutually okay, this isn't working, but I don't have to dog you out for this to end. I don't have to call you out your name, disrespect you, disparage you in order for this to be complete. I can, you know, like we can do this amicably. We can consciously uncouple. I I can agree to that in theory, but practically speaking, if someone or both people are already kind of over it and not really for the whole therapy thing, I think you suggesting do you want to do couples therapy is enough for someone to be like i don't want to do this at all so let's just end it i do think that therapy provides the right tools for you to amicably split up and break what you know break away from each other i just i don't see a lot of scenarios where people will be that kind of mindful to do that um yeah for sure but like I, i was talking to my uh one of my friends the other day and he was talking about, you know, an experience with his ex, his most recent ex. And um, this friend is a lot younger than me, but he was just like, you know, we were like, they're, they're 20 and 21. And she was like, let's go to couples therapy. Let's figure this out. And he was just like, no, we're 21. We're, we're like, we're not engaged. <laughs> we're not married. We don't have a kid. Like, we're just going to fucking break up and go our separate ways. And to me, that is so comically transparent and real because like you are very young and still figuring yourself out like that. There's not a need for couples therapy to force something to kind of work. Sometimes people are growing and figuring themselves out. So like that's when I say that it's not for everybody, but I do deeply believe in the power of couples therapy for two people who really want to make it work and are just really having a hard time getting through to one another. Cause sometimes you just need a professional to come clear the blockways. And, you know, like I think trying to stick it out with your child's parent is admirable. I love it. And I think it's great in theory as well. And I, I, I respect and admire people who try and, work it through and I wish them all the best success in the world. And I think it can be done. So I'm not even being like sarcastic in any regard, but um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you know, both people have to want to do it. You can't just drag somebody to therapy. Like there's a lot of internal searching and a lot of transparency that has to be present and a lot of honesty. And sometimes things come unraveled because people aren't just being fully honest with each other, you know? I think the last thing you just said is the part where where most of us become afraid of even the idea of therapy, whether it be for couples or ourselves, uh, you know, individually. Uh, there is an intense level of vulnerability that is needed to get to the to the root of a problem, especially if the problem involves you. I mean, take in the idea of how the person you care about views you and you add that vulnerability in there and how it may change the way they view you, that's some scary shit to do. Right. Right. 
I mean, and I, I, I've never even done it. I'm just imagining, and this might even be me just talking through what my own fears of what couples therapy would do. It's just like, you know, just, there's so much that I do to protect myself on an everyday basis from the outside world and from even, you know, from people that are close to me. It's just, it is a natural thing for me. And I think for a lot of people. And to be into, you know, to have that vulnerability that we do in our arguments you know, behind closed doors is one thing, but then to extend that vulnerability to someone else on the outside, that is some scary shit to do. And sometimes we're not ready to hear that we're wrong. And even worse, we're not ready to hear that we may be right. And I don't think that couples therapy tells any particular person, you're right, you're wrong. But even knowing that ourselves, that we may be right or wrong in a situation is just terribly frightening. But... I do believe that it is necessary. It is necessary for growth. Sure. We can't we can't go anywhere and be ready for anything if we're not allowing ourselves to grow. And, you know, sometimes that that fear of that those insecurities just stunt us and we will never see those. I'm not one for blessings and all that stuff, but we'll never see where the, where what blessings we can receive. I'm not like I I I don't ever I'm not right. I don't believe in like somebody doing it for me and blessing me and be like, "Here you go." Um, <laughs> uh, but there is no other way to say it. <laughs> I got you. you. Know? Um, so um, can I ask you this then? Yeah, what absolutely. What is your answer is, um, would you go to couples therapy? I would. I went to therapy. I went to therapy by myself. It's so a weird thing. Like my, like a previous relationship would ended really, really bad. And I think I was just concerned as to like what I was doing to relation to the relationships that I was in. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, uh, I was destroying them by myself. Like my daughter's mother and I ended really, really bad, but it was all me. And we just fought. Like once she started like pressing me on it, I fought back because that's what you're naturally going to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't accept the fact that I was wrong. I, I, you know, I knew I was wrong. She knew I was wrong at a point. Like we both know I'm wrong, but you're just not gonna keep throwing that shit in my face. Back the fuck up. Uh, but like, it took a while for me to go. Oh shit! Like she genuinely cared about me. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, same thing. Fucked around, did a whole bunch of dumb shit. Yo, you're a terrible person. Not realizing, yo, this person genuinely cared about me, and I just fucked them up. Mm. Uh, so I wanted to just figure out what was uh, bringing me to that point. And it was a lot. It was, you know, we did deep dives into my relationship with my mother or the lack thereof, relationship with my foster, all the foster moms that I had. I had a bunch of foster moms and those were all terrible relationships. So we, we dove into that. And those things allowed me to see my disconnect with women as a whole, starting from, you know, the first woman that you're supposed to love being your mom and extending out to just women as a whole. And it was a lot of disconnects, a lot of mistrust there. And then once I was able to identify what those things were, I can do something about it. And I think that's what was the most powerful thing. We don't know what's going on until, you know, we can't always figure it out ourselves. So somebody else stepping in and helping us get to the, the root of it was then able to make, make me go, okay, I can do something about this shit now. Do you think therapy can <clears throat> fix any relationship? Um, it depends on what fixing means mm. because again, with my mother, people tell me all the time. Cause I talk very freely about my relationship with my mom. 
oh, you have to forgive. I don't have to do shit. That is not that is not fair for you to put on me that I have to forgive this woman for what she's right. done to me. I don't. I that doesn't mean I'm being a terrible person, a terrible son, uh, because she gave birth to me. I didn't ask for that. That was <laughs> I didn't <laughs> ask to be here. She didn't give she didn't give me a gift of life. She she fucking procreated. <laughs> like that's like it happened, bro. Episode right there. Ugh. It happened, bro. Like, but the, the idea that I'm supposed to stop my life, stop my growing and my healing to satisfy your need for me to forgive you, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. If it means if it, if we both come to that and it and it actually has some some merit behind it, let's talk about it and let's see where we at. That still doesn't mean I'm gonna forgive you. Right. I'm, we've been through some shit. You can't no. just. I'm curious. So is your mom the one requesting the forgiveness? Uh, you know, she's never, she, my mother would never, <laughs> my, mom, <laughs> my mom would never. Uh, but I don't, I don't also think my mom would ever think that she needed to be forgiven. She did anything wrong. Ooh, yes. Um, the reason I ask is because I think that one of the things about this concept of forgiveness that people think is that oh, if I forgive somebody, I'm absolving them from what they've done to me and I'm mm-hmm. giving them a pass. And I'm like, forgiveness is not really about the people who wronged us. It's about mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. releasing the emotional charge and attachment to what they've done to us so that like, that's a part of the healing process. And it's not so much to make them feel better. It does You don't even have to tell them that you forgive them. It's really about you just saying, okay, I like, I'm not going to, let this have power over me anymore and so i'm forgiving in that space doesn't mean you forget what they've done doesn't mean you're accepting what they've done as right it just is like you know what what i'm not about to do is let this shit hold me hostage anymore right that so that, that, that be another thing that's the only thing i will offer you about that would that. be another thing for me to revisit therapy and talk about <laughs> because i don't feel like she has power over me mm-hmm. like there is there's the thing Worst thing about me is I don't really feel too much at all. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would work on healing more than any other part. Like, I don't, I'm I'm just not built in the realm of really feeling like I need anything or anybody. The only people in my life that I will ever need are my children. And that is need. Not want, need. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a want. And I've grown up and lived without so much that I don't have wants that hold up, that I that hold on to me that I'm like, ah, ah, man, I, I gotta I gotta get this, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. I may want it, but I'm also really, all right, cool. If I ain't get it, I ain't get it. Whatever. My challenge to that for you, Israel, is that I find you to be a very caring, brotherly guy. And I think that you do feel and you do care and you have just built up an incredible muscle that has convinced you that you're incapable of feeling and needing those things as like a defense mechanism, if you will. A trauma response. But like, I think you've had to lean on that your whole life to kind of survive and you have convinced yourself that you probably don't feel those things, but we have a way of like becoming numb, which doesn't mean that we don't feel. It just means that our reaction is kind of muted. So I'm not saying that you're lying, but I am saying like 
I know you on a deeper level and, uh, and I'm not diagnosing you cause I'm not a fucking therapist <laughs> yeah, by any means, ahead. but like, you know what I mean? I like I just know touch, yeah. that you have such an incredible ability to love and be protective of people that you're not immune to not caring. You know what I mean? Like you're not wrong. Everything. So what, so I even internalize, I think I internalize what you, what you're saying now. Like I know that I'm, I'm everybody's big brother. Even for people older than me, like that's just the way I move. Like, can't nobody just walk up and say something? B Todd got me. We probably closer to the same weight, but he definitely got me. But like, <laughs> he's like four or five inches taller than me. Big dude. I'm not that tall. I'm built wide, not not high. But <laughs> it's the fucking shoulders, baby. Get with me. Yeah. But more hamburger than hot dog. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody, nobody in front of me could walk up to B Todd in front of me and disrespect B Todd in front of me without me checking them as if I'm seven nine and that's my little brother. B Todd's older right. than me too, but you couldn't walk up to him and, and do that. So I understand my capacity for that part of it. I right. think again, from a mother's standpoint, that motherly part, I just I'm good on that. Yeah, and I will always be good on that. But I have yeah. seven brothers and sisters. So that part, that brother part, right. and that willing to take care of the people that I care about, that's always there. But like from the motherly side, I'm good on that. I think what's great about what Miss CTG said about forgiveness is like a lot of us don't know how to forgive and don't know the power of forgiveness. And like one of the easiest ways that I can point it out is that as to how like powerful forgiveness can be or not forgiving and how powerful it can be is mm-hmm. the forgiveness of self. Like, oh, yeah. God, yeah. I don't know how many of you like beat yourself up. Like I do, like apparently it's because I'm a Capricorn, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm sorry. I'm ruthless <laughs> against like on, on myself because I've had to, in a sense, raise myself. Like I do, I do have an older sister that cares very much for me. Uh, but you know, through our individual trauma of our childhood growing up kind of with parents that we feel like had us and then didn't want anything to do not only with each other, but didn't want anything to do with custody or raising the two of us felt like, my mother got stuck with custody and then both of my parents went trying to have a life of their own. But by the way, there are these kid things that are also here. My mom kid things. is a <laughs> fine person. I'm not here to tear down, but uh, we have issues. We definitely have issues. And um, when I was going through therapy last year, something that my therapist was key to bring up to me was, even though I've had issues with both my mom and dad in terms of growing up, how those issues affected me um, that like you will never stop wanting your parents approval, whether that's internally, externally, like subconsciously, whatever, like you always, always yearn for it. And even that when they're dead. kind of, what do you think? Even when they're dead. Yeah. See that's like, the scare. That's the scariest part to me. It's weird. I don't, and it's not like I'm guessing. I don't. I don't. Like my father is. My father was one thing. I mean, he's gone now though. Right. And with my father, I always had it. No, no. My father just. 
I knew what I meant to my father. Right. And I knew how he saw me and what light he saw me in. But with my mom, I, I just don't care. Like, I don't care to have that. I don't care to, to, there's nothing about that relationship that I want now. When I was younger, I was always like, damn, man. I, I used to like call, ask my aunt she could adopt me and shit because I, I yearned for that. Yeah. But like now, it's just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Mm. That's a that's scary, that's though. So much we could unpack in there, but I feel yeah, like my bad, we don't y'all. need to. <laughs> no, oh, I mean, no. it's a great conversation. We're I just don't gonna... want to put you on French Street on the podcast. So. We're not going to open I don't here. care. I think it's... I think... Not to ever like take women out of it, but as men, we need to have more conversations like this because we are so hidden behind this wall of no emotion. Oh yeah. And no conversation and never having conversations around emotions like this and feelings like this. That sometimes I think I rant because it's is is backed up in me. Yeah. Like I need I need this. Uh Yeah, I don't I don't talk enough about this. And you know, there's there's plenty of opportunities to do it. Uh, I'm very much appreciative of this podcast and just having your energy, B Todd's energy, that kind of draws it out of me. Because some, I may be yearning sometimes just to have that escape and just blurt some of this shit out sometimes. Yeah, and I don't ever have to find a place. So this this acts as my little therapy for the moment. Good. I mean, what I think a lot for for men and especially, and I I can really mostly speak to just like the men that I know, you know, that I have that type of relationship with, I think it feels to me like they don't often give themselves permission to vent or, you know, to really kind of have this expression of their feelings because they don't trust themselves to um, handle like what they don't, they don't trust what actions they'll take inside of the, um, inside of the, uh, the, um, their emotional experience. And so I think that that um, may play a role. Three, two, one. You're not wrong. Um, the reality is, is that there's so much vulnerability in there, right? No one wants, we're taught from so young, we've said it so many times on this podcast, yo, man up, right? Man up, be tough. I mm-hmm. mean, you the man, you got to do this, blah, blah, blah. That even in front of the people that know you intimately, you can't be seen as anything less than that. Mm. So giving you, giving yourself the opportunity to express or feel anything that may make you look like you're like you're less than you can't do. Mm. That is the one true curse of being a man. And you know, we can complain about a whole bunch of shit and you know, being a man is not that hard in in our world as a whole. But I I would say that's the one big part that like you know, it's really unfair for us that we put on ourselves and our fathers put on us and our their fathers father put on them. It's just trash. Interesting. What are your thoughts, B Todd? I think I think men value themselves for being tough individuals and I just hate the fact that we've been conditioned and allowed ourselves to be conditioned to thinking that emotional and feeling is also not tough. Like Mm. being able to kind of like combat your, like what is tougher really honestly in this universe than 
fighting your own mind when you're when you're here to tear yourself down like or listening to other people who have also been conditioned to tell you that you're not man enough because x y and z you know what i mean so whether it's coming from external pressures or internal pressures i just wish we could shed ourselves of that kind of ideology i guess that being emotional or assessing emotions, having emotional intelligence is somehow not worthy of your manliness. Like I think beyond anything gender related, that's just being human at its very core. And I feel like if you can do that, you can relate to anybody and everybody, but ego, ego is a, is a fucking beast, man. Well, we'll get there, though. Really, yeah. I think more than anything, uh, we've, as people, as a whole, male, female, whatever you want to identify as, we've been doing a much better job of giving ourselves and each other the the space needed to kind of get through and get get along with some of these emotions and understand them. I love that our world is now just talking about therapy so much and like being so open about it. Yeah. all the time it it is necessary and that's white black whatever you whatever we all need that shit for yeah. sure yeah we, we need generations shit. of therapy yeah. <laughs> we do. okay we one do. more question about this topic do you think that couples should go to couples therapy before things get bad do you think there's any benefit? Maybe not should, but do you think there's a benefit in couples who think yes. are cool still going to couples therapy? Yes. I like so a perfect example of that I feel like is going to a couples therapist before like if you are engaged to be married and you're about to tie the knot, I think that's a perfect time for couples therapy. Yeah. There is really no issue yet. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like you two are going into another dimension of commitment right and i think that is a healthy time to be like to have someone else come in and bring up the things that maybe you haven't thought about because it's really cool to be swept up and like oh man we're engaged now we're gonna be wed and like wedding planning i hear is like its own exhausting marathon event you know what i mean so it's very easy that between working 40 hours a week if you have kids before marriage and having to take care of kids that a lot of that like self-reflection and stuff can get lost. And so I think that's a perfect time for couples therapy to go in, see what issues you're probably potentially looking at or how you're going to compliment each other as man and wife, you know, or wife and wife or husband and husband, whatever you want to be. Spouses. Yeah. Partners. Spouses. Yeah. I think you start earlier than that. Sorry, New York. I think you can start. I think you can start earlier than that. Um, once, once we're fighting and we're not understanding why we're even fighting anymore, it be it might be time to talk to somebody else, mm-hmm. and that could be at the boyfriend girlfriend stage, mm-hmm. right? If we really, if if the thing about it is helping us to get past whatever roadblock we have, it doesn't mean that we don't care about each other, and that's the thing. It, like is. Just because we're boyfriend and girlfriend don't mean that we don't love each other. Just because we haven't moved on to the next step doesn't mean that. 
So why can't we figure? Why can't we get something to help us figure this out so it can help us along in those steps and taking those steps? Once we start fighting and it's just weird shit, like, bro, I don't even know why we're fighting. We just we fought over boiling water. She didn't like the pot mm. I used. Like, it might be time for us to talk. That that's that yeah, was like genuine, something else going on. Like that's, that's a genuine that's... argument I had at one point too. I ain't gonna lie to you. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, there's something there's something else going on, and it might be time for us to, to seek unbiased help. That's the thing about therapy, y'all. They ain't just you can't just go to your friends all the time because there's a lot of biased help in there, and that yeah. doesn't mean that they don't mean that they're not trying to do the right thing, but their right thing is blinded by the fact that they're your friend, right? Somebody else that don't know you that that isn't getting anything out of this to help you all figure things out. And sometimes that means not being together. They'll tell you it probably ain't the right thing, the right person to be with. It's just it's just a better it's a better way to go. Alternatively, yeah. don't assume that every therapist is unbiased or just a perfect match for you. Yeah. Oh, be so selfish true. enough to find a therapist that actually challenges you, but in a healthy way, not someone who just sits, nods, and agrees and waits in between sessions. Yeah, Lord, New York is. Yo, New York is wildin', bro. The the copters, the sirens, the shit is out of control. That's what happens in the winter. In the winter time, we get angsty. Well, I apologize for my fellow heightsmen. Yeah, we blame you. Lydia you in the heights. Yeah, Pondy oh. Heights. <laughs> <laughs> the accent. <laughs> you live in the heights. <laughs> Thank you for. Why'd you turn me? Mexican? I was. I did, I was <laughs> Racist. You might be actually be the only Mexican in the Heights. There's yeah. not a lot of Mexicans here. I wasn't here. Really trying to be Mexican. I was trying to be a Latino in general, like yeah, the movie. Right. You know, to be fair, in Atlanta, most of our experience with the Latino and Latinx population is mostly Mexican in there. Also like, that. Only when I got to New York was so I starting to experience Ecuadorians, Colombians, Dominicans. Everybody's met a Puerto Rican in their life, no matter where you go. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, also true. Anyways, so are we good on 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 your combo? Because I think I, I yeah. added some more to your question. I'm but good. It was a good topic. Yeah, we did amazing. We're we're sufficient. Fantastic. You guys are the best. <laughs> So so to go next, the CTG. Well, okay, mine is a little. I guess. Sure, I don't. I don't. I don't have a segue for this shit. But this is a uh, inspired by pop culture things. Um, on the <laughs> uh, internet last week, Akbar V oh. and Alexis Sky were having some sort of beef back and forth. And then also last week, Monice Slaughter announced that she's having a baby as well, um, another child. And basically, in the Akbar Alexis thing, it was like Akbar was dissing Alexis for some other stuff, but like it's somehow her Alexis's daughter always comes up in the conversation somehow or the other, whether it is at one point, apparently, she called the, the poor child retarded. Back in the day, and and she is special needs, like, but I think it's because oh, there were some complications with her birth, right? Um, but apparently, Akbar had called her that at some point, and um, and then 
in the comments, people are like, well, Akbar don't even have her kids and she got to do visitation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just kind of like, why are we, why do people feel like it's okay to just comment on one people's parenting and their parenting situation and bringing their kids into beef like that? And I know that this doesn't apply to you guys. So this is more just sort of like a philosophical type of conversation. Oh, I mentioned Monice because people are also talking shit because I think little Fizz, her baby daddy, has primary custody of their son as well. And so they're like, oh, she about to have another one. She can't even take care of the first one. Like, you know, it's like all this sort of commentary. And I just, I'm like, what, what's wrong with us? What's, that's, that's what I got. That's it. So what are your thoughts? How about that? What is the question? <laughs> I don't know that there is one. We're yeah, talking about people I'm, talking shit about people's parenting, their children. It's the way of the world because we don't know how to mind our fucking business. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a nosy bunch. We find entertainment in the, in the, in the misery of others. Which is why uh, reality TV and the drama that it that it perpetuates is always climbing. Reality, t- I can't watch reality TV for anything. I just don't find it's not amusing to me. I, I can't it's be the it. right kind. I can't get into it. I watch House Hunters. I like that shit. Oh my God, you <laughs> remind me of my it. mother. Um, but we enjoy v- viewing other people's pain and their happiness from afar. Mm-hmm. In a world where we all can't have that, especially if in terms of celebrities, uh, but on yeah, the base but level, like, why if I'm beefing with you about you, do I even need to bring up your child? Like, what is like, what are oh, we to doing? Hurt you. To it's hurt you. so stupid, though. It's childish, but it it works. I mean, look at actual parents that co-parent mm. when they fight. They usually dig on each other, the other person's parenting style or lack thereof. Mm. It's the easiest way to hurt somebody. Mm. Or to get a, a response out of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. I be commenting on parenting all the time. If you oh, that shithead kid is running around my store and fucking acting Laying like a fucking floor. menace. You know, Laying like- on the dirtiest floor you could ever probably imagine. Face down, mouth on the floor. Yo, I mean, but kidding. I talk about them in no different way than I talk about shitty dog owners. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like you suck as a human being, and now you've given that on to an, another living thing, and you've forced us all to kind of deal with it. <laughs> Yo. You know what I mean? That was brutal. But kids are also kind of like hands off to me. Like, you know, I, I don't think you should enter a relationship respectfully. If you're not ready to a, like be a figure in that child's life long, long term. like whether the parent of that child has allowed you to meet them right away or not, like do not waste anybody's time, you know, when they have kids and all of a sudden you, if you think you're not ready, you're not, you know, trust that if you were not ready to go into somebody else's life and they have kids and you're not ready to step in, I'm not saying you have to be their parent. Cause I think that's impossible. They, they have two parents. You can be a guiding figure or you can be a loving supporting figure. You don't have to replace a parent, but if you're not ready to be those things and you know, be in that child's life, then abort. 
like exit stage left. Abort was a terrible choice of word there, but <laughs> Israel's muted and he's talking. He has a lot to say when he's muted. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so mad that I fucking I muted myself. I muted myself because I dropped something. And I was like, shit, I don't want to interrupt this nigga's talking some good shit. But when you said that, I said, poor choice of words. And it would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> Man, that shit sucks. Love it. I just like I remember early in my dating life, like especially being in New York, I was just wow. There's a live listening on the Heights right there. Yeah. <laughs> Los Heights. Uh, I just I don't know. I I guess just because again because of the the BS that I went through growing up and having to meet all of my mom's dates on the first date, which yikes. Yeah, that's way too soon for anybody to be meeting your child. Like, you got to know if it's going to work out first. And I get her mindset was like, I'm the man of the house, so I should be, like, looking out for her. But I'm a fucking child, what? man. I don't have you... emotional equipment to deal with that can stuff. We, and like, Can we put a pin on that? Because you are a child. You're not yeah. a man. Like, right. you're not providing anything. And it's not, a, like, a knock to you. It's no, just minds right. of, like, oh, that's the man. No. That's a child who still needs to be protected, right. period. And you're, the child that. is not protecting you from a grown man. Like, yes, children have a sense of discernment about things, about people, which I think helps them stay protected as children. But they're not going to be discerning over your fucking boyfriend fuck buddy choice. Like, right. get out of here, bro. Right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> Get out of here, bro. <laughs> I mean, but you're right. Like, I don't think we should have to force kids into those roles when it comes to a single parent household. Like, any more than I think a mom is like a single mom is now both the mom and the dad. No, you are you are the parent. You know what I mean? But you will never be that child dad. So I, I don't like acknowledge that. There's nothing wrong with being a single mom. Like, be a single mom and be the best mom you can be. You're not going to be that child's dad. So for the same thing for the kids, like you're not going to be the man of the house when you are a child. Like you still need to know what it's like to be a child. You should not be forced with those responsibilities. Sometimes there are, you know, relationships or family things that happen where, you know, like an older sibling has to kind of rise up to the occasion to help take care of their siblings and everybody. And I get that. And that's, that's a that's a brutal that's a different scenario. Yeah, that's a completely different scenario. So I mean, I respect the people that do that, but man, like, just allow our kids to be kids, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. let them grow up and make mistakes, and don't confuse them early on with the roles because they're ultimately going to disappoint that role, and they're going to disappoint themselves, and it's going to set a whole different wave of emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Agree. Preach, nigga. Well, I, um, yeah, that's it. Like, I'm just like, I don't have anything else to say. Like, I just think it's, it's so goofy. Um, what, may I ask you a question? Yeah. You did, you did something remarkable and stepped up, you know, in the life of, of the life of your brother, right? Mm-hmm. At a very young age. Mm-hmm. If someone approached you and tried to talk about the way that you reared your brother, what would you do? What would I feel? 
Oh yeah, no, I definitely would feel a type of way. For sure. I mean, one, because um I did my best. You know what I'm saying? Like I did I did the best that I could do in the moment, in the time. You know, it's like because I'm because trust me, what what's not gonna happen is you gonna judge me worse than I judge myself. And so I don't need your outside critique, <laughs> you know, or commentary um about what did or did go right and wrong, you know, did or did not <laughs> go right or wrong in the scenario or what could have been better because I know that in each moment I tried to make the choice that felt best to me at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there were some mistakes along the way, but I literally was just thrown into a situation, you know? So I but I think that that same grace gets to be extended to parents as well, and that's one of the things that um, especially after my mom passed away that I really started doing some work around just like the healing. And my mom wasn't a bad mom, you know, but you still have your shit with your parents because they're people and you're people. And like, it was as I was now stepping into the role for my brother that I realized like she just did the best that she could at each moment in situation. Were there times where she probably yelled too much or got the belt out too much, too, too easily? Absolutely. But I think she might also have that same reflection in hindsight, because what I saw is that how she raised me was different than how she ended up raising my sister, which was vastly different from how she raised my brother, you know? And Mm. so it's like, I see where she also learned as she grew as well. And so I can't like, yes, I can have my feelings about my experience, but I also can give her the grace to say she was learning. And so, and so that's how I feel about myself as well. I love that. Wonderful. You said one thing that did, that hit me, but B Todd also said it too. You're never going to critique me as hard as I critique myself. Right. And I think that's where motherfuckers blow up on people. (laughs) Right. You don't know what's happening in my head and in my life on a constant basis that I'm doing to myself. Right. So for you to think that you have, like you have, for you to have the nerve to sit there <laughs> the and gall. think that you have the right, it, for you to have the gall to, <laughs> to think that you have the right to say something to me, to even match the level of what I'm already doing myself. Yeah. Let me put you back in your place physically. Oh. Yeah, that's how I do things. I, <laughs> I beat niggas up. <laughs> you until uh, it got physical. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never had anyone give me a, a negative critique of me being a parent other yeah. than very early on my, my daughter's mom. And I don't know if that was necessarily out of, I don't know if it was more that she actually meant it or if it, if it was out of spite. Yeah. So I, even though it hurt, I once I got past that shit, I was like, okay, nothing anyone could ever say could hurt me. But if somebody was to say something about how I raised my kid, I always I just defeat niggas with intelligence now and then I'll keep mm-hmm. going. Like mm-hmm. I talked to my daughter about dating, but I don't talk to her about dating just men. I nice. say women and whatever. And yeah. some people may find offense to that because their idea is, you know, of a relationship is just a straight male, female thing. Okay. But that's not your business. Right. Be honest with you, it's not even my business. Mm. My daughter is my daughter. Her name is Sarai. Her name is not Israel. Right. And so she gets to live her life the way she wants to. So I'm not going to stop her from any experiences that she may go through. My job is not to live her life. It's 
help her guide her way through it. I'm not even going to guide her. I'm helping her self-guide herself through it. Yes, I love that. Yeah. She's figuring it out and then yeah. asking me some questions sometimes when she feels like it. And I'm like, this is my perspective, but what are you going to do? Yeah. That's right. what it is to be a parent for real. Yeah. Put the food on, let them be have a safe space, put some food on until they're able to do for themselves. They got a, a place to sleep, a place to eat, but a place to come home to, to be able to be honest and be themselves and be free mm-hmm. of an already fucked up judgmental world. Mm-hmm. That's what being a parent is about. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you're making, reminding me of something my dad told me a long time ago that it's like literally has helped me make decisions throughout my like I think maybe he told me in middle school but it was always he's like you can do whatever you want to do as long as you are willing to accept the consequences of your choices whether they're good or bad so feel free to make whatever choice you want just be prepared to deal with the consequences and Mm -hmm. that has always like that stuck with me when I couldn't remember anything else it's like cool okay so if I do this because right now it feels like it'll be fun and amazing and great. And these are some potential outcomes. Will that be okay? Yeah, fine. No problem. Like literally that's even how I decide how fast I'm going to speed. Because I'm going to speed. And there's going to be days where maybe I'll just go 10 over. Because I don't want to deal with no bullshit. I know they won't really bother me. I might get caught in a little traffic. No problem. Other days I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hit 20 plus. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. What do you mean you might get caught in traffic? This is Atlanta we're talking about. There's yeah, no you know what I'm traffic. saying. Like, <laughs> traffic is a definite. Traffic and then don't go through Brooklyn. <laughs> Not only is it a definite. Teslas, they got the fucking Corvettes out there. Yo, if, y'all, if y'all have never, not and not the people in, the, in my podcast, not my peeps, for the people listening, if you have never driven in Atlanta, you are sure to be caught in traffic and you are sure, for sure, to see torn up pieces of tires. On the, the, on the road. Yeah. Is that only an Atlanta thing? That is mostly in Atlanta. We have That's 10 lanes so of interstates that go that wraps itself around the city. Like right. the it's Great Wall of China. Yeah. It's a fucking mega highway it's, that <laughs> circles the it. city. And just people are like, like, I agree that the road planning, like driving in New York is tense, but people let people over. Driving in New Jersey is insanity because you don't know where your road is about yeah. to go because it's going to change its mind whatever you're on. Yeah. In Atlanta, you have to know how to drive when you get there because Listen. you're going to be stuck by a bunch of people who don't know how to drive and you right. have people who are going 25 miles below the speed limit Jesus. mixed right on in with the people going 25 above and they will cut off that far left lane to that they far right will, lane. Will come Six lanes in one so swoop. You better be ready for it. <laughs> if, if y'all don't know who don't know what he was talking about for Jersey, this picture, uh, the train station nine and three quarters from Harry Potter. <laughs> that's that's what a Jersey off ramp is like. That's you exactly make it. that shit happen. Right. Oh, <laughs> He's <my God>. dying. <laughs> Bro, Jersey, Jersey hates drivers and it's evident from how they built those roads and those highway interchanges and stuff yeah. like that google maps can't even catch a breath trying to get you from left lane to right lane to the middle of the three turn lanes that you're about to come on it's fucked up when you hear your gps go nigga i don't know 
Yeah. <laughs> Not like, to mention, you make one mistake, you, especially on a turnpike or something like that, you mm-hmm. have to go miles. four or five miles, miles before you can turn around and correct that. Oh, and yeah. you have to pay the toll again oh, yeah. to get on and off. Oh, yeah. So fuck Jersey Roadways. <laughs> that being said, that's a nice little segue for what I got. Yeah, let's hit it. I'm complete on this. This topic. doesn't have to be very long. We can wrap this up pretty soon here. Uh, it's new year, new you. So what toxic habit are you ready to bury in 2022? Very specifically, what toxic trait is keeping you from being your best self? You want to go first? (laughs) For me, it is feeling like things are so, that I'm so above things that I just let them go no matter what. And Mm. not feeling like I need to address things because it is what it is. It's generally my mind state for most things. It is what it is. Like a checkout kind of like, fuck it. I check out of things that annoy me. I check out of people that bother me uh, at work. Like, sure. you know, I don't have to, I go, I don't have to fuck with you. You know that, right? And then I just don't. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me to do so, but I think it's worthwhile to sometimes revisit and have conversations because just like that person doesn't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just does help you to become a better communicator to, to do that. Like we think that we're being a great communicator sometimes, but just going fuck it and dipping out, right? I know when I know when not to talk, but sometimes it's important to know when to talk. Yeah. Mm. Well, in the in the lane of communication, I, I have two things. <clears throat> the first thing is I'm working on being a better text communicator because, and no, I mean th- this is dead ass because there are times where. I will just simply look at a message and I'll be like, oh, and then I just put the phone down and I'd never respond. Like maybe in my head, I've thought of an answer and I was like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to say that in a second. And I just don't. I was like, I just, I just won't answer people. sometimes, (laughs) Um, And that's not great. Like I want to be better at that. Can I say something real quick about that? Sure. This motherfucker B-Tot text me with that ahead of time. <laughs> I was about to bring up the same <laughs> b will text me and be like, hey, man, I know it's going to take you a long time to answer. <laughs> I set it up. You know I mean? I'm expecting you, disappointment. You, you, you he, said have that grace. he sets it up for me and him. Right. And it's so fucked up because I, I try, but I do the same thing you do. I look and then I go, oh, let me answer and it'd be three, four days before I go, shit, I didn't answer. Right. And then I'm embarrassed because I'm like, oh, I ain't say that. I'm not embarrassed. Three days. Just... What am I going to say now? Has the time run out? So I just like, don't be saying, like, I just, I don't. Like, I'm like, is, is there a window them? of like appropriate um, reply? Like, is there an appropriate response time window? And then once that expires, what do you say? And then what if you need to say something else to them at that moment? Now you got to like, oh, my bad for not answering you, but can you answer me real quick? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, I'm trying to be better. There's like still a friend disturbing. I have not texted back from last week who is letting me know they could meet either Tuesday or Wednesday for coffee. Of this week. <laughs> Those were the only two days <laughs> last week that they could meet. And I still have not replied because I'm just okay. like, well, first it was like, can I make those times? Then those times right. passed. Now it's fuck. What do I say now? Because now I look like a jerk to now even going further. I'm just like, 
I think I'm just going to have to hit him with the, oh, I can't believe I didn't respond to this earlier. Oh, I didn't hit send, my guy. My bad. Yes. I've definitely, I've definitely had to do Oof. that. This is verbatim what I said to Israel the last time I texted him, which was on my birthday. On your birthday. I know you won't respond to this, but I know your bitch ass will read it. <laughs> Please request an epic Photoshop, Photoshop edit job for my birthday e-card. Something to make Rainer jealous so that I may post to the interwebs. And you know what? I, I got an effective response in an hour. Oh, wow. An hour. Nice. An hour, which is great. Because I hit him with two, two levels of disappointment. First, I know you will not respond, which is temptation number one. <laughs> and B, I have the, the other level of this is my birthday request and you will not deny me oh, my one birthday. of these two things. <laughs> so so uh, an hour for Israel is amazing response time. Yeah, that's, you just that's pretty, good. Pretty, people. pretty good. Yeah. Let, let it be known that I had COVID then. Oh wow! Asymptomatic, might we ask? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! I was it was, like, an hour, it was like a couple hours after that. I hear the group chat is like, "We both have COVID." And I was right. like, "Oh, I guess I feel bad." But since I know you're not doing anything, right? Well, since you're free, <laughs> since you got a few days off of work, <laughs> you got some time on your hands, right? Right. Okay. okay so my second, was the other thing? my second thing is that I am going to be less passive aggressive uh-huh. with my Why? special friends. Oh. Um, what? Hmm? what? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta listen to the episode to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, because I realized that while it's fun for me because I thoroughly enjoy my asshole moments of passive aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always getting me the outcome that I need, which is the um, undying adoration of the people who I engage with. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you have the undying admiration of people? Adoration. I want to be adored, please. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. Top so tier. I I want to. I just want to release that habit a bit. Sure. So that you know, I can just have more pleasure in my life. You know, from your special mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. with your from special, special friends, friends. Seeking, yeah, more, exactly. seeking more pleasure from open those friends. gateways, so you can really get the most pleasure out of life. <laughs> Spread it open. <laughs> Spread it Spread open. That yeah, so I'm just trying to be more direct. And when I get upset, actually just telling them, this is what I'm mad about. Okay. You did this thing. This is how I felt. What are you going to do to fix it? Yeah. yeah. So far, mixed bag results. Well, you're trying. <laughs> that's, all that, that's all that matters. <laughs> you're doing it for you, not for them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's true. Um. So I, for me, I would love to fall more in love with consistency. I do believe that a lack of discipline or consistency, to some regard, 
prevents me from being my highest operating self, especially mm-hmm. that I have lofty goals and dreams. And there are things that I can control to help grease those wheels on that path. Yeah. And there's other things that I can't control, which I need to let go of. Mm-hmm. That being said, one of the other things that I'm trying to let go of is trying to be less self-critical and less doubting of myself. Like I was not lying when I said earlier that I beat myself up to a point where I am overly critical. And for instance, I uh, heard back from an agency in Atlanta that I was trying to uh, apply to because I'm trying to open myself back up to not only the New York markets, but get back into the Atlanta market. I'm sag after now, so I need to cast a wider net to keep this work coming in. Slight flex. Yeah, you uh, if you will. Check out <laughs> episode 202 of Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, I sent my materials. I sent my little pitch. And they said, hey, great. We're going to take a look at it. We'll send it to the team. We'll get back to you. And the note back was a very like generic, hey, Todd, it's a pass, but go ahead and keep working, keep studying, and check in with us in six months. Our roster is always changing. That was mm. the extent of the message. That is almost verbatim how it was written. How I internalized it, though, however, you would have thought they called me the biggest piece of crap, the worst actor to come out of like New York slash Atlanta Like I just lived in my head over that simple message just because I did not get the result that I wanted. And Mm -hmm. it took me a long time to say, Hey, like you don't know what it could be. It could be a a number of things as to why they're, they don't have room for you on their roster right now, but keep applying and keep, you know, doing your thing. And like, it'll all line up because I am very firm on my belief that everything works out for the better. Like when you set your intentions into the universe and you work towards them, they come around. You get blessings? Um, is, that, is that what you get? Yeah. You can call them blessings. Blessings. <laughs> is this spaced out? He didn't catch it. No, I'm I'm just... It's weird because as we talk about a lot of these things, like as, you know, for, for me, Todd, I've known him, obviously, I've, and getting, as I've known you and getting to know you over that over this last year, mm-hmm. I think it, I, sometimes I just tap back into my, that brother thing where like I hate, Sometimes that I can't fix those parts, right? Where y'all yeah. like will doubt yourselves and shit. And I, you know, from the outside looking in, what I see, I'm just like, I wish that you could just always see yourselves the way I see it. Then you mm-hmm. would never feel like that. And and I just was, I kind of, I was listening, and I'm like, let me just keep paying attention. But it, like, as he's talking, I'm just like, this motherfucker know who he is, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and I, that's and, the thing I, I wanna, do, but I don't want to interrupt. But that's like what goes yeah. on in my head a lot. No, I mean, and I like the thing is I continually have to ground myself by again, like you can choose who to listen to of, of their impression of you. Cause you can choose what mirrors are going to reflect you in your lifetime. Right. Mm, Those are the people that, that we call friends and family, right? Yeah. Well, family, we don't get to choose, but our, our circle, we can choose and our family, we choose who to put on mute and who we actually mm-hmm. like right. allow to love us intentionally as family should. And so I have so many people who care about me who are also very critical of just like performance and other things, you know, like, and I need to continually hear their voice 
and replace my own when I'm beating myself up and remember the people that think higher of me. And, you know, I, I would could say stuff like that too. And they'd be like, you've done X, Y, and Z. And so many people could have never, and like, you know, what I'm not trying to make a huge spiel about, you know, I'm so great, but like I do beat myself up to a much worse extent than I think people realize. And I'm trying to, to be rid of that because that also leads to disappointment, which can trigger sometimes light depressions, which prevent me from doing anything. And I'll just sit, you know, in a three day slump, just kind of going through the days instead of actively working towards my goals. And that leads back to, you know, consistency and stuff like that. So that's what I'm targeting. Yeah. Is there anything that we as your friends can do to support you when you are having those like um, super self-critical moments? Call him a bitch. That's a great question. <laughs> what? That's, That's a great do. question. You know how to act. I mean, because it's so internalized, I never really communicate it outwardly when I'm going through it. Yeah. But um, if we, if you did have like a system in place, right, where it would be like, okay, guys, this happened, and this is, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm, I'm doing it again. Like even if it's just that, and then we're like, yo, man, you're the best, B Todd, rah rah. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> that's not what you yeah. need to hear in those moments. But like even maybe just you knowing that if I call it out, if I give it a name, it it helps you to break the cycle in that moment you know because i'm even thinking about myself because like i already said and is said like i mean i think this is all three of us you know the super self-critical and really just for me it's just the the loop it's the loop and i keep thinking about well what if i'd done this and maybe it was that and that and you you remember how you did this and like just replaying it's it's the the real just keeps playing over and over but i think if i ever like stopped in that moment and called it out to somebody else because to myself I can be like oh you're just you're doing a lot and then I'll beat myself up for beating myself up but mm-hmm. if I go and I'm like yo Todd I'm doing it and you're just like hey snap out of it you're amazing blah 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 blah. remember what you did I yeah. think even that break in the momentum can be a shift you know does that make sense what I'm saying no it totally makes sense it totally makes sense there's an accountability part on all of us to be vocal and when we are in it to reach yeah. out and say yeah. hey I should give it the name of like one it's, of my it's exes. A hard, like, it's a hard thing to do. I'm Tanaying again. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, you have my permission to 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 hit me up if you need a, a break in the pattern for a moment. Oh, facts. Can we all yeah. get in on that? Can we have a yeah. three way pack here, right here on the podcast? We can have a three way. Yeah, yeah, I just. Oh, I bet. All right now. <laughs> all right. That's now. what you said, right? Can we have a three way? <laughs> Praise God. I appreciate that though. I think that's beautiful. I think that the I think we can all jump on the line anytime we're kind of beating ourselves up and we can remind one another of uh how beautiful and important we are as if we don't do that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Every episode of Manters. Manters pod, bitch. Damn, New York. Ooh. Okay, so that cough, that also is a COVID residual for sure. Oof. Oof. Awesome. All right, are we are we feeling balanced? Are we feeling lighter? Are we feeling grand? That was actually a really yes. great closing. This play. was a great day. Beautiful. Guess you could say we knocked it out the park. Niggers. <laughs> <laughs>
2022, we're getting some new sound effects, y'all. For sure. Yeah, we are. I mean, I got the Georgia Bulldogs fight scene on you. Oh, that was amazing. And hell is Alabama. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. when I hear the Georgia Bulldogs song, I put my hands like this. Because yeah, this what was that? Pick. You know that Sylvester and Tweety, the Bulldog, he always stood with his paws. Oh, yeah. Just... Wow. That's how Bulldogs what stand. An dude. association. Well, yeah. they pretty much took his face, didn't They're they? They're bow-legged. Well. Well. Some people are pigeon-toed. Some people are bow-legged. A Bulldog is definitely bow-legged. Mm-hmm. It just looks like a hundred, a hundred continuous days of arm day and chest day. <laughs> so it just one like that all the time. Oh my gosh! Ladies wow, and yep, gentlemen, okay. that is it for the episode Stop. from season two of our hey. opener. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram hey. at Lancers Pod. We are the Toxic Podcast for Better Tomorrow. And he will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week, and we love y'all. Stay positive. Oh. <laughs>